Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday, Thursday, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks for being with us, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Lots happening at Pearl River Resort as we roll into the summer months. I told you yesterday about Geyser Falls Water Park. It's a place for you to go and hang out and cool off with your family this spring and summer. But uh, you've also got indoor activities like Jeff Foxworthy coming soon, Fluffy coming soon, Sawyer Van Brown. You can buy your tickets online at uh, PearlRiverResort.com on the events page. It's PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line, best way for you to get in touch with us, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live right where you do, here in Ceasefire country. Check them out online at uh, ceasefire.com slash business. Business. Uh, business, I think, is how it is, not business. But you can try that and see if it works. Uh, if Adam it was B-I-D-N-E-E-S, I would be really excited. That, that would be uh, it'd be kind of great, actually. Ceasefire.com slash business. Business. Taking care of business. Adam in Monticello got a tooth pulled Tuesday, so I haven't heard you guys since Monday. Have I missed anything? If you've missed anything, yeah. Adam, you can go back and get it for free at your convenience uh, as a podcast. The Sports Talk Mississippi podcast is available to you wherever you get your podcast. We would encourage you to just download it. Uh, get the, the daily download so you don't have to think about it. It's just there when you want it. Uh, and you guys like to say uh, rate and review. We don't care what you say, but we sure would appreciate a five star rating. I think that's the. Uh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this verbiage right at some point. I think I got it close to right today. You got it. You got it absolutely correct. Absolutely we have correct. NFL schedule release today. Some of it has already happened. More of it is coming. It's ridiculous. I, I'm annoyed at the the NFL schedule leak day because that's all it is. I mean. What's the point of having a schedule release night when you're going to let all your teams leak certain games to... I mean, the, the Saints are either opening with, with the Titans or the Jags. We know that. Guaranteed. Because all the other home games have leaked. 
You know, the Falcons are the last week of the year. They caught a break going to Green Bay in week three, by the way. A September road game in Green Bay, that's fine for a Dome team. You'll yeah. take that. No doubt. No doubt. But all the fun is spoiled. I was really looking forward to at 7 o'clock when the, the social media team releases the super intricate and creative video that they all release. I was so looking forward to that. But now it's been ruined. It's like when, uh, remember when Endgame happened? Which, th- this this isn't a spoiler because the movie came out years ago. But, like, on the first screening, people watched the movie, left the theater, and, like, got on Twitter. Oh, my gosh, Iron Man dies. It's like, thanks. Not everybody Le- can go. LaShawn McCoy did that. <laughs> yeah. LaShawn McCoy, NFL running back, did that. People were like, you should be put in jail. It's like, don't do that. Not everybody can go to a movie on night one. What, what do you get out of spoiling the schedule? I don't understand. I appreciate Nick Underhill, by the way. All he said was, the Saints open at home, they have three primetime games, and the rest will get released at 7. He's got the entire thing in front of him. Sure. He's got the whole thing in front of him. But he's choosing to not ruin it for those of us that actually enjoy to consume things when they happen. I appreciate yeah, him for well. that. We'll see. But you may not be able to watch tonight at 7, Borky, because uh, you will have Ole Miss and Auburn baseball happening tonight at 7. And so that may preclude you from being able to watch the NFL draft tonight. I'm not the NFL draft, the NFL schedule release. I'll flip on over to the baseball when that's over. But no, honestly, this is a night for social media. Because the these teams and their social media teams, they, they truly do work really hard on the release videos. They are almost mm-hmm. always super creative. And so it's more fun, honestly. I'll put the baseball game on and just, just have Twitter up because that's how the teams will show their creativity. It's great. It'll be fun. It'll absolutely be fun. It's, so a, that- it's a very good night for an NFL fan when you are months away, four months away from the season starting. It's kind of like when we uh, we look at the college football schedule. For those of us that are less ingrained in the NFL and what's coming four months from now, we are certainly looking forward to what's coming four months from now. Wait, May, June, July, August? Yeah, yeah less than four months, three and a half months from, from now. By the way, 100 teams in 100 days starts next, uh, no, week after next. Week after next. Week after next, but it's coming close. Yeah, we um, are... Getting very close. We did get a cool leak, though. Uh, you know, we could have waited until seven, uh, but the Jets will have a home game on Monday night, September eleventh. Mm-hmm. So, and that's week one. I mean, that, that's Aaron Rodgers' debut as a Jet in New York on September eleventh against the Buffalo Bills, too. Against the Bill. I mean, so great matchup, big high profile game, and then also, of course, the in New York City on that day is very good scheduling. That that was a good idea. Yeah, 100%, 100% agree on that one. Do you think they did it because it was September 11th and you needed to put one of the New York teams at home, or do you think they did it because they said, hey, we're putting Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football for his first game as a Jet? Oh, two, two birds guess, with guess one what? A little of both. A little of both. Because they just as easily could have put the Giants. Right. And if it wasn't September 11th, they could have started the season with, you know, Thursday night, get Aaron Rodgers' debut. Yeah. Do we know who the Chiefs are playing on uh, the opening Thursday night yet? Lions. Yeah, Detroit got a... Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. People love Dan Campbell. There's a lot of people that think Detroit's going to be fun, aren't they? 
Yeah. Defensively, they should be good. Still have no idea. I mean, idea in that what division, they the aren't they the favorite? Mm, are they? Them and the Vikings, you know? I mean, you're going to make Detroit the favorite in the division? It's either them or the Vikings. I'm not certainly going to take the Packers with a first year quarterback, and the Bears aren't there Duh yet. Bears. So, no. Duh, yeah. Bears. Saints Bears is the opening weekend for the Saints, isn't it? Or is it Saints? No, I don't know. No, you just spoiled it for Borky, though. Well, no, it's already been ruined for me. It's either uh, Jags or Titans at That's home. That's right. Which I was earlier today. I was looking at this thing that said the Packers play the Saints, and I was looking at it. And I was like, "Where are the Packers?" And then I realized I was looking at the Packers schedule. <laughs> <laughs> they opened at Chicago. That's what it was. Yeah. That's it was just in my brain. Yeah. Dwayne and Brandon says might have missed it. When is the first Saints game, and who are they playing? Either be the the Jags tenth, wouldn't it? Or the Titans, and it will be on uh, at noon probably on uh, Sunday, no. the tenth. I'm hoping for the Titans mm-hmm. because I think they're going to stink worse than the Jags. But in terms of home openers, those are fine. Yeah, those, yeah, those are fine. I mean, you don't really want Kansas City for a home opener. No, not that you're going to get no. the reigning Super Bowl. Ha- I don't want Kansas City them. at all. Yeah, you would you would no. rather not play them. Period. Sure. Uh, this afternoon on the Farm Bureau guest line, Bill Bender will join us. We haven't talked to uh, Bill in a while. Bill Bender with the Sporting News covers college football, does a great job doing it. Very, uh, very level-headed in uh, his coverage of college football. We'll ask him about what we were talking uh, about yesterday about the uh, Big Ten possibly dropping that Power Five requirement for its teams. Whether or not he thinks that's going to get done, and whether or not he thinks that's good for the game. Uh, and we'll also talk about some of the uh, the week one matchups or the early season non-conference matchups, the intersectional matchups, games like Florida at Utah in week one or oh, Tennessee, Virginia, Alabama, Texas, Arkansas, BYU. We'll get into some of those with Bill and uh, look forward to that. Brad Henderson also will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Ole Miss does have baseball next to last weekend of the regular season. Rebels are hosting Auburn in a three-game series that begins tonight at 7 o'clock at Swayze Field. So uh, that game is on ESPNU, I think. It's ESPNU because you got the SEC softball tournament happening on uh, SEC Network right now. By the way, Ole Miss, who won in extra innings yesterday against LSU, is leading Auburn 6-2 to two in the bottom of the third inning. SEC softball tournament happening in Fayetteville at uh, Vogel Park. Yeah, nice softball stadium there at uh, University of Arkansas. So, Wait, the, lots the, to get to. The league, so everybody brags on baseball and football in the SEC, but you said it right before we came on, and now Oklahoma's joining. Softball is significantly more difficult as a league than baseball is. Mm-hmm. Yet all 13 teams make it, what, two years ago? Yeah. The NCAA tournament? Uh, that's happened multiple times, actually. Vanderbilt yeah. does not have a softball team. The other 13 schools in the league do. And you have had multiple years, and at least twice, maybe three times in the last five years, where all 13 schools from the SEC have made it. It's incredible. And, oh, by the way, Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the SEC, and Oklahoma is the best softball program in uh, in the country. So, gold standard doesn't exactly uh, doesn't exactly get any easier. Bill Bender from the Sporting News on the other side of this timeout. Just getting started with you on this Thursday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. It has been far too long, and it is our fault, not his. Bill Bender from the Sporting uh, Sporting News joins us right now. Always enjoy our conversations with Bill. Uh, I hope the off season has been good to you, and uh, you get a couple of more months of downtime, Bill, but it's going to get here in a hurry. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, NFL schedule release. I've been helping out with that a little bit today. I mean, obviously, it's that talking season part where we'll have plenty of season content here to get us through up until media days. Yep, certainly uh, certainly is on the way. There was a story that popped up yesterday uh, that originated in, in Big Ten country about the possibility of the Big Ten doing away with the requirement for teams to play a non-conference Power 5 opponent. What are you hearing about that? Do, do, do you think it's likely that that uh, ends up being the case, or is this just kind of conjecture at this point? It's conjecture in the short term, but, I mean, every schedule, once the 12-team playoff happens, I mean, you're going to rest on your strength of schedule within the conference. The SEC will probably go to nine. Big Ten has been at nine. I think they should go to ten, and then they could play whoever they want with the other two. And, I mean, those are the two strongest conferences. They'll probably comprise half of the playoff field. Not about, you know, take Alabama, for example. If they want to play one Power 5 opponent out of conference like Texas, that's a good enough game that the other two play whoever you want. Do we lose anything if we go away from the requirement? Assuming it's at nine games and we don't go to your idea where you play ten conference games, and I don't know that you're going to convince any coach or commissioner or athletic director to go to ten conference games, as much as we might like to see that. Um, Are we doing a disservice if we take away um, the the Power Five non-conference and we kind of lose some of those cool intersectional matchups? Well, I mean, right now... See the benefit of playing them in the four-team era because really it comes down to this: you you can't lose twice. There hasn't been a two-loss playoff team yet. We've debated it. We've tried to push one in there, but it's never happened. You know, Michigan, for example, last year uh, their non-conference schedule was on Western Michigan and Hawaii, and it didn't matter at the end because they went undefeated. So. I think as we get into a 12-team, I think your strength of schedule, instead of just using it as a talking point, has to count for something if it's if it's determining some of these at-large bids. I just wonder if, I mean, we know that we are going to see two team, two lost teams in a 12-team playoff, and I'm okay with that. And if we get a conference champion, we could see a team with three or four losses potentially in. In those at-large spots, do you see a scenario where a three-loss team gets into the 12-team playoff with six at-large spots? I think it'll, yeah, it'll happen. I, I just don't know you know, who it will be or, or what the scenario is, but I'm sure it will. Um, and that's what I'm saying. If, if you're oh, my 10-game schedule idea ain't going to happen, but the SEC, I would consider it. Remember the year that they, they played 10 games during COVID 
And then what did they have? They had the national champion. They had Texas A&M that could have been in. I think they had four New Year's Day six teams. So in a 12-team setup type year, in 2020, as, as much as I hate revisiting that year, the SEC would have had a very strong playoff year. It, it almost almost feels like you listened to our show yesterday because I, I said for all of the bad that came from 2020, and there was plenty of bad that came from 2020, the 10-game conference schedule for the SEC was awesome. Now, the flip side of that, and this is what Brian Haydad has argued over and over, is that doesn't make sense for a team like Mississippi State, for a team like Ole Miss or Arkansas or South Carolina. So for the mid-tier teams in the SEC – and we all believe that ultimately they're going to get to a nine-game conference schedule. Hey, Dad has, has pushed that eight makes a whole lot more sense, and you're voting against self-interest other than money if you vote for a nine-game schedule and you're not one of the elite teams. Fair. I mean, because they want to get to seven and eight and get to a bowl game. But you know what? You're in the SEC. That would be my comeback. You know, you, you know Texas A&M didn't plan on going five and seven last year, but they did. You've got to go out and compete and win those games. And, you know, it's the same thing in the Big Ten. It's, okay, does it not benefit Minnesota? Well, you know, in, in a if you're going to make the money that you make in that conference, then you need to do the things to take the right competitive steps. And that mid-tier, I mean, Mississippi State, they've been number one since the playoffs started. They've had, a, I mean, during the season, Ole Miss is, was in the playoff hunt into November last year. South Carolina's had good teams. So I get it, and I'm not going to you know disrespect somebody else's opinion. I just don't agree with it because you're in the SEC. They're the same people that are claiming all these national championships for the conference, and that always kind of is like, eh, but you're not Alabama. Yeah, it's a good point. What are the – we're not quite into, like, what are all the storylines and talking season and all of that yet, but as you think ahead to this upcoming year, is there something that stands out to you that you're really excited about watching, a story that you're really excited about seeing develop over the course of the season? Well, I mean, not one in particular. I think there's teams that I'm, you know, we're Georgia, obviously, is anybody going to stop that machine? You know, you look at their schedule, they're probably going to win their first 10 games. Um, I think there's a fascination around Alabama for me right now because, one, I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Two, and I just painted this picture a couple times this week, but what what if Texas beats them? You know, mm-hmm. can you imagine if Steve mm-hmm. Sarkeesian goes into Tuscaloosa with Quinn Ewers and they win that game, which is entirely possible? Um there's going to be a lot of takes if that happens. Related to what? Moving into the SEC or a new king or Texas is back or all of the above? <laughs> or Steve Sarkeesian going in and beating Nick Saban, you know, on a year where Alabama has quarterback uncertainty that they haven't had probably since Jake Coker, who actually did win a national championship. But, I mean, so many strands of that, the Texas is back thing. Texas's offense should be elite this year. Um, you've got two really good receivers around Ewers. They've got an NFL tight end. They're going to score a bunch of points. You go back to last year's game, they should have won. They could have won if not for Bryce Young. So I, that game is definitely, as much as we've talked about Dion and everything else this, this offseason, kind of got that game circled as a huge flex point for the season. Yeah, it's got a chance to be really, really fun in week 
number two. What about some of the other early non-conference matchups involving SEC teams? Does Florida at Utah do anything for you in week one? Because you talk about quarterback uncertainty. Yeah, Alabama's got it, but they got a bunch of really good pieces around the quarterback spot. Florida's coming off a not-Florida-like year. Their win total is, what, five and a half, six and a half this year? And they got no idea who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, you look at it, and the fact that they had the number four pick in the NFL draft and had kind of a disappointing first season with Billy Napier, there's going to be a lot of on that uh, hype, and they're going on the road. You don't see uh, SEC schools go that far west for an opener often, if not. I think I remember Georgia going out to Arizona State once. Um, and, you know, from there, it's, you know, there, there's a, a couple more big games. LSU, Florida State's going to be a top 10 showdown mm-hmm. right out of the go. Jaden yeah. Daniels and Jordan Travis, a couple Heisman dark horses. Um, be a really fun game. It was a lot of fun last year, and I remember overreacting to it. I could see something very similar coming up this year. All right, last thing for you. Uh, Tennessee is intriguing to me. I think Josh Heupel obviously has done a really, really good job. There's no Hendon Hooker. You saw Joe Milton the third up close when he was at uh, at Michigan. Didn't work out. He comes in. He's named the starter. Doesn't work out. Stays put at Tennessee, which is rare in this era of college football. Looked pretty good in the opportunities that he had at the end of last season. Are you buying Joe Milton being what the Vols need to not miss a beat, or are we going to see the old Joe Milton emerge? Hey, he's got to stay accurate. Got He's got it. That's what made Hooker so special. Um, seven around seventy percent completion percentage. Now we know Joe Milton's got an NFL arm, right? It, it's uh, huge, and he played very well in those last couple starts, especially against Clemson. Uh, he's a veteran player. He, I, I think. In terms of a quarterback, he has the most range. He could be this year's Anthony Richardson, or he could be undrafted. Mm. How this year goes, so there is a definitely a high fascination factor, especially because they got a five star kid behind him. So Josh Heupel's got it going on. Yeah, low floor, high ceiling for Joe Milton the third. I think it might be a good way to put it. Uh, Bill, always appreciate your time. Great catching up. Hope the summer's good to you, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, we'll do it a couple more times. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Sounds great. Thank you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, Give him a follow on Twitter. Great follow there. Does good work. He's involved in some of their NFL coverage today on schedule release day as well. Bill Bender joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll take a timeout. More with you right after this. is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Hey, ooh, did you ever believe that I could 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Love to hear from you this afternoon. What's on your mind? Anything Bill Bender said stand out to you? Thought he was uh, he was gentle with Hey Dad. Uh, I kind of relayed Haley Dad's opinion. He said, uh, you know, I'm not saying that uh, it's wrong to have that opinion. I just disagree with it. Well, this is America. You're welcome to do that. You are allowed to disagree. Oh, um, I'm going to be exhausted by the hype coming out of the state of Texas. Because uh, it, it's not just going to be Texas. It's going to be A&M as well. It, it's going to be both. And we're going to spend the entire well, offseason. And, and by the way, we neither can of laugh those teams at the played A&M for a national hype, title last year. Yeah. We can laugh at the A&M hype, though. We we know that how that's going to go. We know that they'll they'll screw it up. Texas, I mean, we'll find. It, it, the thing is, in week two, we'll know. Either they'll go to Alabama and either win or play close, or they'll get blown out, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm hoping for the latter. I the 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 sheer arrogance of Texas, and the, the, it's not just them. Everybody's proud of what they have. Ole Miss fans are proud of Ole Miss. Ask them about Oxford. They they love it. Mississippi State fans, ask them about Starkville. They love it. Ask Southern Miss fans about Hattiesburg. They love it. Every fan base loves what they got and thinks what they got is the best. But the, the level in which Texas people take that arrogance is on a level that does not exist anywhere else in college sports. And having to deal with them on an annual basis is going to be exhausting. Because you can beat them. They can lose, and they can lose a lot, and they can lose a lot, and they can lose a lot, and they can fire coaches, and they that coach can lose, and it doesn't matter. They're still the best. And every offseason, the media buys into Texas. Uh, or, or, I know it's Urban Meyer, but a whole news cycle was created out of Urban Meyer saying that Texas has the best roster in college football. Where, what are you basing that on other than this? That's it. Texas should be better than they are. Yeah, they should be better than they have been. I mean, they were they were eight and five a season ago, and quite honestly, I think if you were Stace had not gotten hurt in the Alabama game, they're going to find a way to win that. So they could have been a nine win team last year, but they weren't. You guys know when the last time Texas won the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve with Texas Tech and Kansas and Kansas State and Oklahoma and Oklahoma. 09? 2009. That was the last time Texas yeah, won, won their own played for a national title. Bad conference. And and we're supposed to sit here and buy that when they come to the SEC, they're just going to start winning. They're just going to start. They can't beat Kansas, but yeah, they're going to go to Starkville and just dominate every year. Sure they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. That, that's why Ames, Iowa has been a tough place for them to go. I mean, give me a break. Lawrence, Kansas hasn't been the most pleasant experience no. for them. And also, no, no. Uh, Austin hasn't been a pleasant experience for Texas when they play Kansas either. Uh, I'm so weary of that. And and I, I under, Bill's right that that game is going to have such high profile and the winner of that game is going to get all the, the stuff to follow. But can we wait until Texas, I don't know, is good before we start talking about how good they are? I think Bill was just saying that... And by we, I mean the general college football media sphere. 
Yeah. Bill was cautious. He was. But when he says because of Alabama's uncertainty at quarterback, Texas can win in Tuscaloosa, do you buy that? You, I mean, we, I we saw the game. Can. We saw it. But here's yeah, the other thing. There. Is Alabama going to have 12 penalties at home against Texas in that game in September this year? No. Probably not. But is Quinn Ewers going to play the whole game? Yeah. Is this going to be a year where Quinn Ewers makes Texas fans forget that Arch Manning is on the roster? Is, uh, is he going special season well, at quarterback but, uh, for the Longhorns? Arch isn't ready. I understand did, that. Did you guys see the video? Because I, I tweeted about it. You may not have seen it. I, I know that, that there's a lot of tweets that go out. But there, there's a, a Texas writer that went on the On3 show that they're trying to do just like Josh Pate with CBS where he said, a guy that covers Texas for On3 said that Arch is as polished as a quarterback can possibly be. And the criticism from the, the spring game is unfounded. And I thought... How stupid are you? He should be going to prom next week. Like, yes, he looked bad in the spring game because he's in high. He should still be in high school. If Arch Manning today is as polished as a quarterback can possibly can be, if he has reached his ceiling, he will never start at Texas. He will never start if this is a ceiling. So don't put those kind of expectations on a high school kid. It's it's crazy, and it was the same thing with Michigan and Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson plays at Ole Miss and doesn't look. I mean, he has talent, but he didn't look like he was what you thought he'd be. And then he transfers to Michigan, and it was national championship or bust. It's like you're putting pressure on him when he has not shown you the ability yet to be that guy. Arch Manning right now is not the most polished quarter, as polished as a quarterback could possibly be. And so now you're going to have Texas fans that if Ewers throws a pick or two, will play Arch. Arch isn't ready. Josh and Laurel agrees with you. He says that's the smartest thing Borky has ever said on the show. Zach on the coast says the first time Texas loses to Mizzou is going to be a cold, hard wake-up call. You know what would really be great? If they go to Nashville and lose. <laughs> now now you're projecting. Now hey, you're thinking hey, too Hey, they lose to Kansas. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. And another message says that right now, Arch isn't even the second best quarterback on the roster. Nor should he be. Okay, he shouldn't even be out of high school yet. Shouldn't even be out of high school. Yeah, but true freshman quarterbacks come in all the time and are good. That's, all that's the time. Not, that's not a that, all, all the time. All the time. Name there are five every year. True freshman five, true quarterbacks Trevor, that were great. Trevor right Lawrence. Away. Trevor Lawrence. Can I have a second? Sure. I'm gonna have to think. But Trevor Lawrence is obviously the first one that's going to come to my mind. Uh, Jalen Hurts was really good as a true freshman. I thought. Um. Did Vince Young play as a true freshman? Minute. I don't So we got to reach back to 2001? It, it's just... I mean, but... Lawrence is an outlier. Happens. I mean, I, I don't... There are plenty of true freshmen. I mean, let me, let me just look through the, the 24-7 top quarterbacks. It probably won't be too hard to find them. We'll let you do that. One All of right. the, the, the... The two most exciting quarterbacks to watch 
of the last 20 years, both were redshirt freshmen or later when they popped. Cam Newton redshirted at Florida. And then had a JUCO year. And then had a JUCO year and then went to Auburn. Almost went to Mississippi State. Ended up going to Auburn. Johnny Manziel did not play as a true freshman. It was his redshirt freshman season where he went bonkers. So the two most, I don't want to say individually gifted, that's not fair to describe them in exactly the same way. But the two most exciting quarterbacks of the last fit, is, is, do you guys buy that? That those are the two most exciting quarterbacks to watch in the last 20 years? Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel? I don't think it's debatable. I mean, you, Caleb Williams yeah, is probably, probably a distant third. Guys. Oh, he's not in the same tier as those two guys. Not even close. Yeah, he's really good. Somebody says Mike Vick. It's been more than 20 years. What did I say, Burrow? Different type player. Yeah, Burrow was, uh, I mean, well, just I mean you said great, the, the but... term you used was exciting, though. So, I mean. Yeah, but I'm not sure that I would describe his type of play as exciting. It was exceptional. It was incredible. He did everything. Did it with his arm and doesn't get enough credit for some of the plays that he made with his feet. But it wasn't the same type of excitement that you saw with Cam Newton and Johnny Menzel. I see you digging through those rankings and not just coming up with a ton of answers. Well, I'm having some issues with 24-7's website. Like, well, I went back to 2016. The first, number one rated quarterback you guys would know, Shea Patterson. Uh, Jacob Eason was number two. He was good as a true freshman. Yeah, he was average as a true freshman. Uh, he had a cannon. 17. But... Yeah. That poor kid could not move. He, he was born, in the, speaking of quarterbacks in the wrong era, he was in the wrong era. He only played one game, but two was pretty good as a true freshman. He was good when it counted. Tebow played sparingly as a true freshman. Yeah, they had they had the package for him. 2018, the top quarterback was Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields didn't play at Georgia, and then obviously he transferred. Was JT Daniels good as a true freshman? At USC. At USC? At USC, is that where he started? He lost his job, right? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. All right, hey, Dad, you got a little help on a couple of names that uh, I think qualify as good to great quarterbacks as true freshmen. Kelso and Ocean Springs brought up RG3. So RG3 was good. As a true freshman at Baylor, he threw for 2,200 yards and rushed for, what was it, Borky? 800? Yep, and 15 TDs to three picks. But but uh, remember what I said. Arch isn't the most polished he will be at this age right now. Mm-hmm. I, agree, I agree with that, but um, my point is that five-star freshman quarterbacks come in 
and and can can be successful right off the bat. They, they can, and it, happens it just doesn't very happen very often though. So so we go 2008 RG3, 2012 Marcus Mariota at Oregon threw for 2732 touchdowns as a freshman, and he also ran it for 754 yards and six touchdowns. That is elite as a true freshman. Yeah. Somebody asked us about Nick Marshall. I mean, Nick Marshall played cornerback at Georgia as a freshman and then yeah. left and went to Garden City Junior College and then transferred into Auburn and ended up starting for two years in Gus Malzahn's offense. Right. Somebody asked about Will Rogers. Were his stats really good? They get better as the year went along, but yeah, they weren't. It good. took a while. He also was not a five star. No. Yeah, that's the only thing too. Deshaun Watson had a good true freshman year. He took over about midway through. Yeah, that was when they pushed. Uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Kelly Bryant, Charlie Whitehurst. No, Kelly Bryant is who they pushed out for Trevor Lawrence. For Lawrence, who? It, that's right. Was it the Charlie Whitehurst? I don't remember now. I mean, Chad Kelly a, was the other quarterback there that didn't, you know, got sent off. Yeah. We get a John Rice Plumley was pretty special as a freshman. Not a five-star, yeah. also yeah. not. He was a four-star. Was he? As an athlete. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, Georgia wanted him yeah. to play safety. Yeah. Right. So you got a few here and there. But I'm just saying, it's not like it's, it's and I'll say, it's I'll rare. give you another name. The guy's uncle was a pretty good true freshman. Peyton Manning was a really good. I mean, I know I got to go back a long way. Never, on that, but, but he was never a great plays true. his freshman year if they don't have two injuries in front of him. True, but it, I mean, they got Wally pipped. Like, I mean, I, it worked out. The best quarterback played, and I, I'll be honest with you. And I don't, I'm sorry if I'm sorry if Romero Miller's listening, but I'm pretty sure that if Eli had played at a true freshman, he would have been pretty good as well. Yeah, he he would have been. I don't know if he was ready as a true freshman. He had a good team around that 99. Look, Tennessee didn't think that Peyton Manning was ready as a true freshman. That's a different era of college football, too, though. And freshmen just didn't play much back then. So what, was he the the third or the fourth quarterback used in that UCLA? Third. They they put him into the game in front before Brandon Stewart? Yes. Okay. Because he and Brandon Stewart were the two kind of highly touted quarterbacks that came in together. Brandon Stewart ended up transferring out to Texas A&M. No sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. And look, some of the stories of what Peyton Manning did to try and get an upper hand on Brandon Stewart are legendary. Like, supposed to be watching film, he's like, ah, I'm good, I'm going to leave. And he would like leave and wait on Brandon Stewart to leave and then would sneak back into the building to watch film by himself to try and get an edge on you know who the backup quarterback on that team was, right? Number two guy. Uh, yeah, it was Todd Helton. Todd Helton. Who was the starter in that game that got hurt? Jerry Colquitt was his name. That's right. Colquitt started. Who He had bided his time behind Heath Schuler. Yep. It was finally going to be his time, and he gets hurt in the first game. Classic story. And that was at UCLA, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tennessee had a huge I, – I mean, I remember watching that game on TV, and they took so many fans. They took their entire mm-hmm. band. I mean, like four yeah. four or 500 members of the band are out there in the, the yeah. Rose Bowl. And, yeah, that was, that was when it was born. But it wasn't until 
It's not like he won the starting job that night and was in the starters. It was against the rest Mississippi of the State. It wasn't a, like the halfway point of that season. It was the Mississippi State game. He came in. Helton just couldn't go, and they brought him in. And I remember, I remember being at that game and thinking, "Oh my God, Archie's kid, what's about to happen here?" And like the second pass, he threw was this sixty-five yard rope to Joey Kent. I was like, "Dang it, he's good." <laughs> I didn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then when they got to the NFL, Peyton played his entire rookie season, and it was not pretty. Eli did not start until, like, week nine, week ten, something like that. And and then he kind of slides over. Um, Borky question, was Taj Boyd the other Clemson quarterback you were trying to think of? I don't think he ever lost his job. He finished out his career. I mean, I can look. Taj Boyd, he's the one that kind of started the elite quarterback play at Clemson Carousel. Speaking of quarterbacks breaking in, uh, the Saints will play at the Panthers in Week Two. Is that Bryce Young's first oh, yeah. home start? It's their first Cole home game. Cole Stout is who we're thinking Cole of. Cole Stout, Porky. His brother played at Ole Miss, right? If if you want to call it that, wouldn't Zach Stout his brother? Four o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. SEC softball tournament in Fayetteville. Auburn just hits a home run to make it 7-6. to six. They trail by one to Ole Miss. It's a game that should not be nearly as close as it is. Ole Miss had a 6-2 lead. And the, uh, the I think it was the fourth inning. It was the bottom of the third or the bottom of the fourth. Wheels just kind of came off. They went walk, E6, walk, caught a fly ball in the outfield, and then just kind of threw it away. Had an E4. Anyway, 7-6 to six game right now. They're in the uh, fifth inning at the SEC softball tournament. Um, just got it on in the TV in the studio. So this is the most softball I've watched in a uh, single sitting all year. Huh. So there you go. Uh, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. C Spire text line. Best way for you to get in touch with us. You never know when a message that you send us is going to turn into something. Hold that thought. Because i got something for you in just a second. If you're looking for the best in wireless here in the state of Mississippi, if you need business Internet solutions, if it's fiber to the home, Ceasefire's got you covered on all accounts. Ceasefire.com. Check them out online to learn more about all of those products. Ceasefire.com. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Book your tea time at either the Oaks or the Azaleas at DancingRabbitGolf.com. So we were going through Brian Haydad's memory bank, which didn't appear to be that sharp. And Jeff sent us a message where he said, Brian, talking about you, Haydad, has the memory of a sea lion. And I thought, hold on a second. 
I need to I need to Google this because I don't know if that is a compliment or a cut down. Me too. Uh, I had to go. I had to do that. I, I I Googled a sea lion, and apparently the California sea lion has one of the greatest memories of any animal that exists. But mm-hmm. there is some toxic algae that is floating in the waters off of the shore of California that is leading to brain damage and causing memory loss for sea lions. So It all came off of Gab, uh, Gavin Newsom's hair. So it led me to Google animals with the best memory, and here's the list that we got. The best memory. Really elephant one, right? Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. The elephant is number two. Okay. Dolphin, considered to have the best memory of all of the animals. Followed by the elephant, okay. and then a whale. They don't specify which type of whale. A lot of different types of whales. Number four on the list, a little bit of a surprise, the uh, the octopus. Oh, man. If you feel like going down a rabbit hole, and if you're one of those people out there that likes to partake and... Uh, and some mind-altering things. Mm-hmm. Read about theories of how octopi came Marijuana. to be. There are okay. people that think they are not of this earth. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They are beautiful creatures. The, the only issue, or I guess it's a good thing for us, for octopus, is that they don't live very long. They have a very short lifespan, just a couple of years. But their ability to problem-solve... Is is shocking when you read about it. Number five on this list is the chimpanzee. Number six, the horse. Number seven, the dog. Really? Sea lion is at eight on this particular list that I'm looking at, followed by squirrel at nine. Although I actually kind of question squirrel being at nine. I'll take nine. top ten, by the way. I'll take yeah, top yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah. I question the squirrel with the ninth best memory. And, and maybe they remember things on their own, but they don't seem to learn from their fellow squirrels. Yeah. And I say that because there's a there's an electric pole at the, the corner of the lot that we live on. And multiple times we have lost our electricity because a squirrel has gotten a little too close to the fire, if you, you understand what I mean. And it's got that... Yeah. that Fuse, it trips it so it doesn't blow up the entire transformer, and the the squirrels go rigid in a hurry. Yeah, big day for squirrels here on Super Talk. Oh yeah, yeah. uh, Earlier, evidently, Rebecca Turner was who had a thing going where you would replace the word "girl" with "squirrel" in any song. Squirrels just wanna have fun. That's yeah, what I said. That's what I went with. Have fun. Yeah. I thought the best one was Motley Crue's Squirrel, Squirrel, Squirrels, personally, but that's <laughs> just me. Living in a material world, and I am a, a material, material squirrel. squirrel. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, so, it's a big day Clark, for squirrels. Clark's Nutcracker is number 10. Not not familiar with the bird, but uh, okay. Me either. So, bird? Okay. Remember when yeah. back when Ted Lasso uh, Ted Lasso was uh, good and he had the goldfish speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goldfish, because they have a ten second they have, memory. They have, this, they have ten second memory. Yeah. Yeah. Not goldfish, the bird one can't can't be. List. The the bird can't be on there. Birds aren't real. They are not real. Not so real. 
uh, this leads me to a far more important important question. If you were an animal, what animal would you want to be? <laughs> Here we go. We finally are tackling the big questions. Yes. Here on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, I have something else that we should talk about, but I just felt like that was a question that had to be asked. I, I've narrowed sure. it down to two. One is a killer whale mm. because they are mm. awesome. And, like, they have a language, you know, so it, it would be kind of not similar yeah, to do. being a they, human, but, like, but, but they, they actually can, like, communicate with each other and stuff. And, I mean, the the physical abilities and the hunting and all that would be awesome. But the other one, total opposite. They also make great splashes. They do. Yes. Uh, so hunting, the other one? community, all that. A bear. I just sleep for months on end, eat whatever you want. Nobody messes with you. A bear. Total opposite of a, a killer whale. But, yeah, top of the food chain. It is required for your life to sleep for months at a time. Yeah. Hmm. Big old bear. A bear walks into a bear walks into a bar and says, "I'll have two Bud Lights, two vodka tonics, two martinis, two glasses of red wine, two oh. shots of Jägermeister, and eight and 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 three more Bud Lights." And the bartender says, "Yeah, no problem, but what was with the big pause?" Well, I'm a bear. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. I love that joke so Father much. Of I would two. be a lion. Yes. Lion. I'm king of the jungle. I'm gonna allow, they sleep a lot. The women do all the hunting. They just bring them the meat. And I'm, not, I'm the laziest animal on the earth, but I'm also the top of the food chain. No one's killing me. I'm good. I, I thought that we might get some responses. I don't know that I was ready for this volume of response. So the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. First message is this hour of sports talk brought to you by Eddie's Edibles. <laughs> mm, okay. Marijuana. Oh, man. A, a couple of good ones I didn't think about. Bald eagle or eagles. Yeah. Let's oh, go man. Ape- Let's go again, apex predator, but you can fly everywhere. Yeah, and you're and you have as as uh, Zach tells us, you have the full protection of the U.S. military. Nobody's taking a shot at you. A thoroughbred racehorse run real fast once and get paid to mate every day for the rest of your life. Yeah, but if you sprain, that's an ankle. working smarter, not harder. Yeah, th- they seem to their mortality rate seems to be not great. But yes, I mean a, a hearse, a, a thoroughbred that wins the Kentucky Derby goes on to have what appears to be a pretty good life from then on out. Yeah. Uh, where is Mike Leach when you need him? Rest in peace. <laughs> this is, this is all was, over his, his wheelhouse. Uh, here yeah. you go. CC and Sinatobia, bald eagle, hands down. What the heck is wrong with you? Yeah, that's a good one. A symbol of this great country. A giant river otter. Okay. Lazy. Eat fish all day. Why not? Which reminds me, I... Uh, we went to uh, an IMAX deal at the Natural Hi- History Museum this uh, back this winter, and they had uh, a documentary on beavers. Mm-hmm. 
Beavers are pretty impressive animals. Yeah. They they work hard. They build great houses. Live in the water a lot. Also sneaky huge. Beavers are huge. Sneaky huge. Uh, absolutely an invasive species that you don't want on your property. Ben McDonald can attest to that. If you follow Ben on Instagram, that was some good content back in uh, January, December, January, February. Or maybe it was like February after hunting season ended. He, he, he had on, well, he finished them off with, is it cordite that you, kind of like the explosive material that you shoot? <laughs> really? Yeah. He, yeah. He tried to harvest some beavers, and then finally he was like, you know what, enough of this, and he just blew up the beaver dam. You know. How do I got to find that? You, you do what you got to do. But uh, beavers are pretty cool. Occupational hazard, trees falling on them when they chew them to the ground. They have to get out of the way and hurt. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> on Super Talk Mississippi. All right, I had the wrong explosive material. It's tannerite, not cordite. Thank you for all of the uh, corrections. Uh, a lot of people yeah. know a lot about explosives on our text line. Uh, why is yes. that? Which, by the way, cordite is... We live in Mississippi. It's in the yeah. family. But tannerite's what I was talking about. And uh, you want to go down... Are we talking about rabbit holes? You want to go down a rabbit hole on YouTube? Type in tannerite beaver dam. Whew! The number of videos is impressive. Man. I just I just watched that video. He's with his son, who is the most carbon copy a son has ever been of a father in the history of the world. That kid looks Jace, exactly, Jace like looks exactly like Ben. He it's absolutely crazy. does. I met him at Hoover a few years ago in the press box. He, I turned around and saw him. I was like, without saying anything else, I know you're Ben McDonald's kid. He's like, yes, sir. <laughs> What's yeah. the what's the last rabbit hole you've been down? And uh, beaver dams aside, most recent one football. you've been down? You don't... college football? College football? Okay, it, aside from college stadium football. song intros. Ooh, that's a good. Ah, uh, I thought I was watching some old Friday Night Lights clips the other night. Ooh. Nice. Love me, love love me some Buddy Garrity. I somehow fell into the. Have I told this story before? Where where I spent like two and a half hours one night watching a guy's three sheepdogs just sheep herding, and the the training and precision in which they operate, I I, I was captivated. I didn't go to sleep until like three thirty in the morning. Just got done watching a basketball game, climb in bed, pull up YouTube, and it was that was the first video for some reason just. The YouTube gods blessed me with that part of the algorithm, and for two and a half hours I was watching these dogs just herd sheep, man. They are awesome. And they're fast and just so smart. And if they don't get a command, like if he gets them, like he rides them around their their huge farm on a four-wheeler, and he has a command for them to get off the four-wheeler, and then certain commands to herd the sheep. If he doesn't give them that command... They won't move. The, the dogs will not chase sheep. They, they just sit there for hours. They'll just, okay, just let me know, Dad. And the second he says the word, boom, they're gone like a rocket. It is so cool. Hmm. Um, 
Borky, you were not captivated. You were high. No. That comes in on the I, T-Smart text line. I, I don't do that. Admittedly, I tried. That was all in college. I, I have matured since then. Pa- Paul would be proud of me. Thomas in Greenwood revides, uh, reminds me that cordite is British stick gunpowder. All right. So let's get back to some sports stuff. That was fun. That was. It was a, it was a fun diversion. Yeah. And, and thanks for all of the interaction, by the way, on the uh, C Spire text line. Metric ton of it. Carter Carrolls, K-A-R-E-L-S, tweeted last night, 8.37 p.m. Jimbo Fisher, actually, actually, hold on. I'm going to read his second tweet, his follow-up tweet, before I read you the first tweet. His follow-up tweet was... Okay, before my conventions go completely bonkers, just know that Jimbo is being pretty lighthearted in front of a Fort Worth crowd while saying this. No need to go DEFCON 1. By the way, that tweet was ignored. The original tweet was not ignored. Here it was. Jimbo Fisher with a spicy comment about TCU here at the Fort Worth Aggies Club. Quote, I stayed healthy. Had a lot of experience, and they got to uh, where they had to get to. And then when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? A little more spurrier than than Jimbo. It's kind of like yeah, you know. no. I, I got to go talk faster, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's hyper speed. They stayed healthy. They had a lot of experience. They got to where they had to get to, and when uh, when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? Hey, so that was better. He said about TCU, they stayed healthy, they had a lot of experience, and they got to where they had to get to. English teachers cringe. And then when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? Did it change when they got to the SEC, or did it change when they got to Georgia? It changed when they got to Georgia. Uh... I, I wish somebody in that room would have been raise their hand. Hey, coach, is Appalachian State in the SEC? Mm. Oh, the S S B C. Oh, okay, S B C, not S E C. That's right. Mm. I mean, this is this is spawned the reaction that you would expect it to spawn on Twitter. Mac Engel, who's been on this show a bunch of times and is a columnist, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, he simply said, why would he say that coming off that season? In fairness, I think Jimbo treats the, the club meetings the way a lot of coaches used to t- treat the club meetings. You know, you're supposed to deliver a, a zinger or two and get some laughs and get some applause. It's supposed to be a feel-good night. But coming off the season they've had, and given even the way some Aggie fans feel about Jimbo, you immediately get reactions like this one from Eddie O. No, not that Eddie O. When Texas A&M got to the Sun Belt, it changed, didn't it? with a screenshot of the 17-14 final score of App State over Texas A&M. I mean, the responses are just over and you know, on and on and on and on and on. 
Is he just not smart? No, it goes back to the other thing. It goes back to he's at one of these rubber chicken things, and he's just making jokes, all right? You're allowed to crack jokes. It's okay. It'll be all right. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna but get jokes, overly. Aren't the talk. jokes less funny when you are a perennial underachiever and a team that should be well below you in your state played for a national championship? Sure, but it's pouring out there all of a sudden. Uh, it's still. It's still. I mean, you're talking to your people. You know, they're gonna laugh with you. Unfortunately, it gets out. Everything gets out. There's nothing that doesn't get Unfortunately, out. Unfortunately, it's not the right word, but yeah, it's it's just it's just a a holdover from a different era when you'd go hear the coach hey, speak. Kind of like his offensive and, coaching. Very much, very much. Hmm. It's been 84 years. Yeah. I get it. Talking to people and stuff, and but man, the, the lack of self awareness is because this is every off season, right? I mean, this isn't that much, but the 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 ranting about how none of our kids get paid, and it's just sometimes just you don't have to say things, you know. I mean, you you would think that somebody that's gotten beaten up the way they have in the SEC wouldn't be doing the conference pride thing with a with somebody else who made the playoff, who would have beaten his team, by the way. TCU would have lined up and beaten the crap out of Texas A&M last year, just like Appalachian State did. Mm -hmm. And, buddy, they're in Miami in week two. That's a fascinating game. That's a game that A&M won last year. They beat Miami last year. Miami was bad. Miami's got problems. That's a game that's flying under the radar, though. You want to end the hype early? You want to derail the hype train? Go down to Miami and lose. And then you want to start really ratcheting up the he needs to get fired, which is going to be so funny knowing that Ross Bjork is going to have to ask people to stroke a $70 million check to Jimbo Fisher. Uh, 80. 80. Well, he'll get paid for this season. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So... So was he's owed? If they fired him after this past season, what would it have been? Eighty-one, and now it'll be seventy-two, right? And then I thought last year was ninety-five, and this year is eighty-one. Oh gosh, is it really? Okay, well, I think that's right. You're you're going to see if they lose to Miami in week two, you're going to start seeing people calling for his termination with that buyout in place, and they might have to do it. Hmm. Amateur yeah. athletics. Maybe, maybe that's Jimbo's plan. Just take. Maybe, maybe he's ready to shut it down. And he's like, you know, if we're bad enough, they'll just fire me and pay me, and then I'll go live on my ranch where I like it, and I can be kind of old-fashioned, and nobody cares. I can take well, over for Lee Corso. I don't know, man. I don't know that he's sharp enough fast, to do that. Though. It would he's be he's got re- that down hominess, though. He does. It would be really hard to stay motivated knowing that if I do my job poorly, I'm getting $80 million. I mean, think about that. If I do my job I knew poorly, that I, that's what I get. If I knew that I was going to get fired and get $80 million, this show would be incredible the next day. 
bottle of whiskey and just let it fly. <laughs> you have no idea. Richard would start the show off. He's like, I don't know where Hannah is. I just kick in the door. I'm here! He loves to ride horses on his ranches. Good for Jimbo. Hey. Brad Henderson will join us next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go to the phone and check in with our buddy Brad Henderson. He is the color analyst on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield. Ole Miss and Auburn scheduled to play game number one tonight at 7 o'clock. But, Brad, I had a uh, a, a, an embedded spy tell me just moments ago that the tarp is going on the field at Swayze. There's a line of thunderstorms that are uh, are headed this way. We're going to play baseball tonight. Man, I hope so, Richard. But yes, your your spy was correct. They have just tarped it, and obviously, if you look at the radar, it's it's going to hit uh, relatively soon, and uh, it's going to rain a little while. I just hope it gets out of here in time. But I, I haven't heard an official word on uh, them banging it. I think they're just preparing uh, to play the game tonight. But they're going to tarp it right now, and hopefully, the rain will will get out of here soon. Looks like it really clears out about eight thirty or nine o'clock. How badly would you think that they would like to play this game tonight versus having to play a doubleheader tomorrow? Yeah, I think you would want to play it tonight. Uh, anytime you can avoid a doubleheader, I think it, it's that. That's what you want. Uh, obviously, it's always a tough a tough call for any coaching staff trying to play weatherman as well. But yeah, I, I think they would like to to go ahead and get game one in. It's a nationally televised game and. Uh, we'll just keep an eye on the radar and, and hope for the best. But yeah, clearly if, if they had to bump it to tomorrow with it, it wouldn't be that bad if you, if you could play a doubleheader in tomorrow, but if, if tomorrow was Saturday, right? But it's a Friday, you'd have to far, start fairly early. And so that probably affects some of your crowd. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think they're preparing to get it in tonight. And then Mother Nature may, may tell us otherwise. But as of right now, I, I think they'll try and get nine in tonight if they can. And with graduation weekend, you, you got a lot going on on campus, and you know it's kind of kind of hard when you have to push that around uh, with so many extra people on campus. So it's it's Ole Miss and Auburn starting a three game series, and it's two teams that found themselves in a similar position at the halfway point of SEC play. Auburn was a little bit better than Ole Miss; they were five and ten through fifteen games. I guess Ole Miss was. Whatever it was, three and twelve through the first fifteen, or what, whatever that number is. Auburn has yep. played much better baseball in the second half of the season. So over the the last three weeks, why do you think that is? Well, I think a lot of it's, it's Bush Thompson, right? I mean, those guys just grind and and they just find ways to win ball games. Same Auburn team that, that was in the World Series last year. Um, but you're right. I mean, you look up two weeks ago, they they beat a top five. South Carolina team, two out of three. Last week, they beat LSU, the top-ranked team in the country, two out of three. Um, they just play hard, and I think they've just found ways to win, uh, not only uh, at the plate, but, uh, you know, they've had some guys step up as well on the mound. Uh, but, you know, that, that's kind of how they are. That's what they do. They want to keep it close and then try and figure out a way to beat you in the end. So, you know, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about Butch Thompson, but he, he's one of the good guys in this business. 
No doubt. And uh, you certainly uh, like to see him doing well, uh, but hopefully Ole Miss can play well and, and win a series this weekend. And, Brad, the, the truth of the matter is Auburn has dealt with what a number of programs have dealt with, but I feel like outside of Auburn circles, because Auburn baseball is not as high profile as some of the programs in the SEC, you don't realize that they lost their ace on the opening weekend. So Joseph Gonzalez has not pitched since the opening weekend, very similar to Hunter Elliott at Ole Miss. Arkansas had to deal with a bunch of injuries. LSU's had to deal with a bunch of injuries. Lots of teams have. We've talked about that throughout the course of the year. But without Joseph Gonzalez, they've kind of scrambled and have kind of stumbled upon a guy, although I don't know that he's going to throw tonight. I haven't looked at the rotation. I mean, Tommy Vale has kind of been the front of their rotation guy. He ended up throwing game two last week, so he didn't have to go up against Skeens. And I think that was a strategic move. But it really is impressive given the fact that they lost their number one guy this year. Yeah, and, and, and Tommy Vale has really stepped up. And he's going to pitch game two uh, this okay. weekend as well, Richard. Uh, but his numbers are off the chart. But tonight it's an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting call. They're they're going to go with Chase also, who has uh, hmm. he's pitched in eight or nine conference games, but but he's only started one. And and the numbers are just okay. And I haven't had a chance to talk to their radio crew yet on on the reason behind also. So yeah, they're they're going to go also tonight. They'll tomorrow and. Herber Holtz uh, for Game Three, so uh, you know it, it'll be interesting tonight because you, you look at Austin's numbers and, and you think, man, Ole Miss has got a chance. You know, teams are hitting three twenty against him on the season. Now he's a little better in league play, which tells me that he's pitched really good his last few outings. Hence the opportunity uh, tonight. But yeah, we'll run uh, Xavier Rivas out there, and uh, from a number standpoint, the teams are pretty even. Until obviously you get to the win loss column, uh, especially in conference. But you know they they don't they haven't hit many home runs. They've hit sixty five on the season. Ole Miss is is hit eighty one. They're, they're hitting two eighty six as a team. Ole Miss hit two ninety two. They're pitching at a six eighteen clip ERA, and we're at a five nine six. So you know the numbers are pretty similar up and down the board. It's just Auburn uh, has found ways to win games, and and Ole Miss certainly hasn't. So where is Ole Miss right now, Brad, in your mind? Obviously, this is a season that has not gone the way that anybody associated with Ole Miss baseball, whether you're talking about coaches, players, fans, administration, whoever. Nobody wanted to go wanted it to go this way, and I don't know that anybody expected it to go this way, uh, certainly to be dead last and, and out of the SEC tournament with six games to play. So what are they playing for? I mean, there's, there's still a mathematical chance to get to Hoover, but, you know, you got three teams playing for one spot, and both of those other two teams have the tiebreaker on Ole Miss. Yeah, but you know, obviously, when I played Richard, it, you know, I had to, I had to endure some seasons like this myself. And at the end of the day, when you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, it's another opportunity to play at a beautiful ballpark in the best league in the country. And I think that's how they view it. Uh, you know, as a fan, which I am now. Uh, after game two in Missouri, I'd have told you maybe they, they've thrown the towel in. Uh, but you saw a little fight there. You saw a little fight there on Saturday in game three when they scored 20 runs. Uh, that, that gave you a little glimpse of hope that they're going to try and finish strong. And that's really all you can ask for. And mathematically, they're not out of it. You know, we, we're, we're numbers people now. And so you're right. We're, we're tied with Mississippi State, but we've got to finish one game ahead of them. Uh, we've got, you know, we're one back of, of Missouri, but essentially you have to win 
one more game than they do, right? You're essentially two games back right now because they have the tiebreaker as well. But, you know, I think as long as mathematically there's a chance that, that they're going to keep fighting. And, again, same way we did. I, I remember as a freshman, I think we were 6-24 and 24 in the league, and we finished the season in Starkville with a team at Mississippi State that ended up going to the World Series, and we beat them two out of three in Starkville in 96. I know uh, 97 or 98, we beat LSU. Two out of three at home, and mathematically we were out of it. And they went on to win the world, the World Series. So you know, it, it's just it, it's a pride thing as well, right? You can't show up at the yard and, and not expect to give a hundred percent. So I think we'll see that from Ole Miss this weekend, and and then we'll just see where it shakes out from there. All right. So so big picture, and and this is not a right now question, but like a looking to the future question. What's Ole Miss got to do to avoid this happening again a year from now? Yeah, I think you've got to if you've got the ability. Uh, you've, you've got to go out and get some playmakers. And I'm talking about immediate help. And obviously the, the portal, I think, will be a huge player uh, this year. I also think uh, if there's some borderline draft guys, you've got to figure out a way to, to try and keep them on campus. Um, you know, there's going to certainly be some guys, your Kemp Aldermans, your Gonzos, that, that are fixing to make a lot of money and good for those guys. But there, there may be some other guys like your, your Xavier Revises, um, your Groffs, uh, your Legers, guys like that, that, that will probably have an opportunity at the next level, but also have uh, some eligibility left. Um, you know, I, I try and find a way, uh, you know, to keep those guys on campus. They can help you win baseball games. But I think the portal is going to be the biggest keep for Ole Miss. And, you know, and they're going to have to plug some guys in, several guys in that can be immediate impact players. And then you hope your Will Furnaces of the world, your Judd Udermarks of the world, uh, you start to see some better results in year two, kind of like we did with Kevin Graham, kind of like we did with Elko Bench. Uh, you know, you, you, it's always fun to see those guys grow up, but they're going to have to grow up in a hurry next year and, and contribute at a higher level. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to revamp some things and, and take advantage of this portal, um, this NIL stuff to, to get, to, you know, to, to get back at a, at a competitive level where we're hosting regionals, hosting super regionals and trying to make that postseason run. And and the truth of the matter is, and nobody wants to attach real numbers to it, but we've heard the numbers whispered or not even whispered in, in some cases. But if you're going to rebuild a roster and you're going to do it in a way that you can be competitive at the top of the SEC, it's expensive now. You you got to have yeah. you got to have dollars to spend. That that's the world we live in, and uh, you yeah. know it, it's still relatively new. But uh, you know some people have figured it out pretty quickly, and uh, and it's paid off. So. Obviously, you know, you, you trust, uh, Laugh and, and Coach B and, and they, they know. I mean, they don't, you know, they, they know that, that this thing's got to get turned around, that, that they don't want to endure a, another season like, like we've had this year. So you trust those guys. They've done it for a long time. And, and, uh, obviously we've talked about the injuries, but you talked about it a while ago. Uh, other teams have, have endured some injuries this year, and, and they're going to make the postseason and, and got a chance to, to make a pretty deep run. So, you know, I, I trust these guys will figure it out. Uh, but like you say, they're going to have to hit it hard this summer and get after it. And, uh, you know, hope, hopefully the draft doesn't hurt them, uh, with, you know, with some of the newcomers coming in. Hindu, thanks as always for your time. Hopefully we got baseball tonight. Yeah. You bet, Rich. I got one quick question for you. Has it been a slow day? I mean, I flipped you guys on a while ago. We're talking about swirls. We're out of uh, time. 
You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever think you are getting a handle on NIL and the legal structure of NIL, just wait a day because something's going to change. We go to the state of Missouri. I bring your attention to House Bill 417. I don't know if you guys have heard about this yet or not. Missouri was one of the early adopters of NIL reform when Governor Mike Parson signed an amended bill in June of 2022. This week, they have amended the NIL bill for Missouri and boys. It is a game changer. A contingent of Missouri Tigers coaches, including Eli Drinkwitz, were in the House chambers yesterday when the bill passed. National NIL observers say the bill will, quote, have a major impact on college and high school NIL in the show-me state. So what is in the amended NIL legislation in Missouri? Coaches and school officials will be allowed to attend meetings between student-athletes and a third party where NIL compensation is negotiated. Language was added that says conferences and the NCAA shall not penalize a school as a result of an athlete receiving NIL, may not investigate a school for engaging NIL activity, may not penalize a school for an institutional marketing associate paying an athlete for their name, image, and likeness. And the law shall not be construed to qualify a student-athlete as an employee. But most importantly, this new and revised NIL legislation in Missouri allows high school recruits to enter into NIL deals and start earning endorsement money as soon as they sign with an in-state school. Is it really that advantageous, though? Because you sign in December. How many players come from Missouri? Well, that. And you sign in December and enroll in January. So you get... I mean, some do, some don't. But but you sign in February and enroll in May. Well, if you put a signing bonus in place... Yeah... But it, you know, is hey, you got to wait two more months to get your money, or, or spoiler hmm. alert. So I may have misspoke. You, you just here. bend the rules a little bit. So there were eleven. There was one five star, and uh, ten more four star players in Missouri a season ago. Oh wow! Of that eleven, five four signed with Missouri. Wow. The number one guy went to Oklahoma. The number one and number three guy went to Oklahoma. 
Number two and the number four guy went to Notre Dame. Number five went to Tennessee. Number six went to Alabama. And number eight went to LSU. And, and I mean, how about just complicating the maze of state laws? I mean, Charlie Baker went to Capitol Hill and had productive meetings with Congress. And you know what they got done? Nothing. Nothing. You know what their focus is on now? 2024 presidential election. And then that's going to be fun. Uh, I mean, that'll be great. Yeah, but I mean, you think anybody in Congress going into an election cycle is worried about college athletics? Well, you think anybody in Congress going into any cycle ever is worried about actually improving our lives in any way, shape, or form? Do you think anybody in Congress is worried about anything but themselves at all times of the day, every day of their life? It's, it's, Those are all rhetorical, right? Yeah. Yes. M- Mark Emmer is a failure. Have you noticed, by the way, that there's always a reason for why this is not at the top of the list of important things for Congress? Because it's unimportant. It's unimportant. It's college sports. Immediately after money. an Nobody election cares. cycle, yeah. Immediately after an election cycle, when a new president is in, there are more important things to focus on when you're trying to get stuff done in the first two years of a new president. But in the second two years of a new president, that's right. Say what? Okay. I was it's like, what is that noise? Oh yeah, hey, man. You, it, yeah, it's like well, I got Noah outside the door. Okay. They just had a run on gopher wood at the lumber store. Beavers and, and squirrels lining up two by two out there. Yeah, man. They got great memories. I, I saw some people in the media, in sports media, compare Mark Emmert to Roger Goodell. That they're really good punching bags. <laughs> no, Goodell's they're league is wildly successful and growing and doing well and healthy. Mark Emmert was a failure. and abs- He was an absolute failure. They could have gotten out ahead of it. Everybody knew it was coming. constituents don't hate him. Uh, they love him. Love him. Because they are just making money, and the NFL is growing and healthy. Emmert was a failure, and they let it go on for years. He's a failure. 5 o'clock hour just around the corner. we got the news coming up. Then we'll get to the college football fix. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour. Good to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book of the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more online at pearlriverresort.com. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good to be with you. We'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more at ceasefire.com slash business. You've got the uh, SEC softball tournament going on 
Oh, we got we got video review. Auburn hit an Ole Miss batter with the bases loaded with two outs in the top of the seventh inning that tied the game at eight. But after video review, they overturned the call on the field, and uh, so they took the run off the board. Auburn leading eight to seven over Ole Miss, a game that the Rebels led six to two earlier today. SEC softball tournament happening in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can visit them on their website at genteelapparel.com. Their new spring collection is in, trending towards summer. Great-looking swimming trunks for guys if uh, if you need some new swimwear for the uh, upcoming summer season. Also got the golf shirts and the shorts and the pants that are super comfortable. 10% off your online order from genteelapparel.com if you simply enter your email address. Or you can uh, visit one of the retailers in Mississippi that carries Genteel. Abraham's in Cleveland, Claude Julian's in Kosciuszko, MLM Clothiers in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, The Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven, or Oxbow in Memphis. Genteelapparel.com. Let's get to a little college football fix. Your college football fix is brought to you by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Good deals on F-150 trucks right now. Finally getting some some inventory back on the lots all across the Magnolia State. Good financing. You can learn more at buyfordnow.com or talk to your local sales rep at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So we were looking at win totals for SEC teams yesterday. And we got through 10 of the 14 teams. Well, 9 of the 14 teams. Haydad and Borky decided that we weren't going to talk about Missouri because they don't think Missouri should be in the SEC. There's just no need. And so we were left with the four highest win totals in the conference, according to Caesar Sportsbook, to take a look at. Tennessee coming in at 9. Total number of wins for the Tennessee Vols at 9. They are replacing Hendon Hooker at quarterback. They are replacing Jalen Hyatt at wide receiver. It was a fast, prolific offense a year ago. They have spent a running ton of money in the portal. Tennessee at nine wins. You guys like the over or the under? I don't think they'll beat Alabama again. The game is in Tuscaloosa. And then I don't think they'll beat Georgia. So I'm just asking myself, do I think they're not going to slip up, right? Because those are the only two games they're probably likely to not be favored in. They open the season in non-conference play with Virginia in Nashville. They have Austin P. They have UTSA, and they have UConn as the non-conference opponents. I'm gonna, I would stay away, but if I bet, I would take, take the over. I think I would go under. Okay. Tentatively. Really? Yeah. Not a, at, at Florida? Not a Milton Maniac? Not a Milton Maniac at Georgia, Alabama. I, I mean, I think Tennessee's better than Texas A&M, and I, I make fun of Jimbo all the time, but that's not a game that you just walk through. At least it shouldn't be. 
And we don't know about Milton. Yeah, he looked good against Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, he, he did. But he lost his job for a reason. And how much more accurate as a passer can you get? We'll, we'll certainly find out. Just Based not, on where he was, he can get a lot more accurate. Abs- and the arm strength is real. He's a good athlete, too. Big guy. But when you're starting off behind the eight ball. But on this, on the same token, you know, I've been giving Alabama wins against a lot of people, but we got to remember about Alabama as we're going to get to them here soon, I assume. There's just 10. That was an Alabama team, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, but they lost two games. Should have been five. It should have been five. And from could, that could team, have. I don't know if it should have. I mean, I don't know. Either way, could have been five. And that team lost the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, apparently a first-round pick at running back, the best defensive player in the game, about a dozen other guys, and both coordinators. And now their quarterback room, you don't love it. You certainly don't love it, not compared it, to what they've had the last It's less good than it was years. a year ago. And so, of course you should give a Nick Saban coached Alabama team the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. But I do wonder if the benefit of the doubt is going to blind people from what is reality in that, and it is that, I think Alabama is going to be very mortal in 2023. They're still, I mean, they're going to compete for the West still. Probably going to win double-digit games. But it's not going to feel insurmountable the way it has years prior. All right, so let's just jump to Alabama for a second. Ten is their number. Middle Tennessee in the non-conference. Texas in week two at home. At USF. New coach at USF. And Chattanooga in week, what, their next to last game of the year. It doesn't matter. Their non-conference games are irrelevant. Except for Texas. It's just... I mean, Texas well, is absolutely I mean, I think relevant they, in Week 2. I I think they'll win that game. It's funny, a few months ago uh, I would have... But, I but are you easily, doing that based on benefit of the doubt from Nick, uh, for Nick Saban? Or well, are you was, doing it based I was, on... I was about to explain, and, and then you just interrupted me. It was incredible. I was about to explain everything. Uh, <laughs> a couple months ago... Like before spring practice ended, I had totally bought in that Ty Simpson was going to be the next great Alabama quarterback. I was like, all right, he's got the pedigree, five-star kid. He'll he'll be a great fit in this offense. And now I've kind of got away from that. I still think they're talented enough to beat out to beat Texas at home. Because as you said earlier, are they going to have twelve penalties again? Probably not. And I don't know that I buy into Texas as much as Bill Bender was. I'm more. I'm not as far down the road as Borky is, just ready to just, you know, tell them that they're terrible. But I think that, I think Alabama goes four and and then it's just, you know, what are they doing in conference? I think they'll beat Tennessee. They get LSU at home. Who's beating them? You know, any, well, anything with Pippen there? I'm crazy, I know it's let, me, let, let me raise a possibility. Okay. We don't believe in Texas A&M, right? But for whatever oh, reason, with you. but for whatever reason, Texas A&M plays its best game of the year every single year against Alabama. Yeah. October 7th, middle of the season, in College Station. 
just just saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go down that road with you. Uh, I would tell you, like I said, any anything that any Alabama loss is a big upset in my opinion. So, do I think they get upset twice next year? No, I don't. I would go over. So, so if you if Alabama was going to lose two games, who would mm-hmm. those two be? Tennessee and LSU. Even though those are both at home, both at home, their road games should, don't really worry them. They have Tennessee at home on October 21st, and then an open date, and then LSU at home on November 4th. That should actually be the third Saturday. Good job, SAC. Man, that game in College Station is interesting to me. I, I Texas A&M, it, they are perpetual underachievers. They, they are such a paper tiger, but man. I can't get out of my head that they had to throw to the end zone to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa last year. I can't get that out of my head. Horrible play without call, Bryce Young, but still right. Without Bryce Young, but that's Alabama's situation this year. But that was also when yeah. Texas A and M hadn't figured it out at quarterback yet either. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I just don't see them getting upset twice. LSU at nine and a half. To me, to me, you're like, okay, I need to know the outcome of the season opener against Florida State. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the swing game for all of this. Ooh, we'll pick that's going to be nuts, man. That is going to be such a fun football game. I think Florida State has a chance to be really good. Travis is a star or a budding star. I don't think the country knows about him yet, not fully. The game is in Orlando. On September the 2nd, or do they play that one on the 3rd? Sunday, September 3rd, all by itself. That'll do a massive number. We'll pick this up. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Join the Premier Collegiate Woodbat League in the South as the Cotton States Baseball League rolls into its 15th season coming up this summer in New Albany in June and July. College players from Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are already committed for the 2023 season. You can send your application into cottonstatesleague.com no later than May 12th, which is, by the way, tomorrow. No later than May 12th, tomorrow is the deadline to reserve your spot In the Collegiate League, the Cotton States League is affordably priced. It features outstanding facilities, great coaches, and a great opportunity to compete and get reps during the summer for college players and -and up-and-coming high school and junior high players. All games are played at V&A Bank Park in New Albany, located close to so many great players from the region, including prospects at all levels. I mentioned the May 12th tomorrow deadline for the Collegiate League High school and junior high players have until June 2nd to get their applications in at cottonstatesleague.com. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media outlets as well. That is Cotton States Baseball in New Albany. Deadline tomorrow for the Collegiate League applications. We got a note a second ago on the ceasefire text line, and it says, and I think this is I think this is reasonable. Ole Miss won't be a cakewalk for Alabama either. They had a throw to the, and somebody else pointed out it was an omission on my part. They had a throw to the end zone. 
And remember, Alabama was gifted. Okay, that's not fair. I was going to say gifted a touchdown. Evans fumbled on a play where you could have thrown targeting, but he was concussed and in the concussion let go of the football. Not Zach Evans' fault. It, his head got hit, man. If you don't, if you let go of a football when your head gets hit that hard, it just happens. But Alabama was given a touchdown there. That was a, a deep in Ole Miss's own territory. They were going to go in the half, and then that happened, and it changed the game. Right? That was right before halftime, wasn't it? I'm going to take your word for it. I was doing Either a football way. game that day, and I watched the fourth quarter on my phone on the way to the airport. Either way, that fumble led to an Alabama touchdown deep in Ole Miss's own territory. If he just, if that elbow hits the ground first, totally different conversation. Now, again, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, Merry Christmas, horseshoes, hand grenades, all that stuff. But still, that Ole Miss team and that Alabama team with the Heisman Trophy winner and Will Anderson and all those guys had a throw to the end zone, not a Hail Mary. A design play through the end zone to win that game. Didn't catch the ball. Wasn't an accurate throw either, but they were that sure. close. Yeah. So we were talking about LSU. Their win total is nine and a half. They open the season with Florida State. They get Grambling in week two. They've got Army in Baton Rouge on October 21st and Georgia oh, State. On November 18th. By the way, that is an interesting spot on the schedule for Army. I don't think that that's necessarily like upset alert time for LSU. What's the date again? October 21st. That is weird to be playing non-conference for LSU there. After you're playing. They normally knock them out one, two, three, and then play, yeah. Auburn and that game's always weird. It, it, it's a five-game stretch of conference games the week uh, leading up to Army at Mississippi State, Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Auburn. Wait, isn't Army getting away from the traditional triple option? I, I think I read that where they're still going to do it, but they, they can't do the old school one because of chop blocking rules. They can't uh, do it anymore. Still, that's a game where you could say like like at the half, it's like. 17-17, and you're like, what's happening? And then LSU pulls away there. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to, yep, exactly. I was right. Uh, Jeff Munkin, who, by the way, somebody needs to take a shot on him. But either Good way, football coach. They are, uh, yeah. they're moving from an under center option to a shotgun-based one. And now Air Force already does that. And I, I know this personally because he came from Air Force to Furman, but Furman runs a shotgun triple option because their coach was the OC at, at Air Force. So it's obviously doable, and the service academies use it, but yeah, no more traditional under center triple option from Army anymore. End of an era. When you're talking about service academy football, also it's going to look a little bit different this year at Navy as well with uh, Brian Newberry now as the head coach. Ken Niamatololo was fired at the end of the season, and in late December, they named Brian Newberry as the uh, the new head coach. So we'll see what Navy does as well. Um, so do you like over or under? Nine and a half. Tell so us you a 10-win team like this you year? Said, like you said, I need to know who wins that first game. If they, if they beat Florida State, yeah, they'll be a 10-win team easily. If not, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, It feels like they've already got at least 11 on defense 
that will look like an LSU defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, having Perkins is probably enough to make everybody else look like sure. an LSU defense. What what if you could add Harold Perkins to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the one player, what would Ole Miss and Mississippi State's over under total move to? Ole Miss is at seven and a half, states at six and a half. If you added that one a, single a player, what would it change? It goes up a win. Yeah, he's worth a win. I mean, with State, State all of a sudden has the best linebacking core maybe in the country. With Perkins, Pookie Watson, and Jet Johnson, I mean, I'll take them as three over just about anybody. And then for and Ole Miss... You could be looking at a linebacker core of Perkins and Perkins. Yeah. No relation? Be a law no. firm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that would be... I mean, he... he he would step in and immediately, number without question, be the number one player on on the Ole Miss roster for defense. No question about it. So, and at Mississippi State too, win, right? For sure. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You think so? Feels like there's a little more competition for that title at State than there is at Ole Miss, though. I, I don't disagree with that, but I mean, he's a first team pre preseason first team All American. Yeah. I said I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you're using that think word. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, it's written in stone. <laughs> well, that, that's Richard's problem. It came you? down from on high, from Mount Ararat, from the <laughs> Lord above. Yes, is that what you wanted? Yeah. I'm sorry I wasn't <laughs> definitive enough. I wasn't pounding the table that Harold Perkins. Well, who else would be in the conversation? I mean, it's, it's 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 when I think about it. I mean, it's it's not as close as I first thought it was, but probably Crumity. <laughs> but Crumity's not an All-American. But Crumity's a, a really good tonight. football player. Uh, can't have that in my house. Crawfishing. Brian hey, Dad. Crawfishing. Uh, uh, what about yeah. Georgia at eleven and a half? You think they're going undefeated? You yep. want? Do you want? Do you want the Georgia schedule? Let me give it to you. You ready for this? I mean, I hope Garbage. all of you are sitting yeah, down for this. UT Martin. Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, all at home, by the way, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, open date, cocktail party in Jacksonville, Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. little sidebar on the world's largest outdoor can't-say-cocktail party anymore. Uh, the the stadium's going to be getting renovations. And they might play the the game on campuses yeah. during those renovations. And guess what? The game will never do again after that. Yeah, they will stay on campus. Yeah, I always feel like I got to say this: Georgia was supposed to play Oklahoma this year, and they got taken away by the conference. Yeah. I always I always feel bad. Like we're, we're so hard on them. Like they had a really good non conference game scheduled, and the conference said you need to cancel that. Was that week two against Ball State? I believe that's correct, yes. Mm. All right. The Jags might have to play. They might have to. They're, they're trying to figure out how to get them to not do this, but the Jags might have to spend two seasons not playing in their home stadium. That is on the table for them, for these renovations. Just play them all in London? At this rate. <laughs> hmm. To answer the question, I would take the overall in Georgia. They will go undefeated. In the regular season. At Tennessee, November 18th. 
That's the only question mark, but I just feel like they, they, they will win that game. Yeah. And as the, look, I mean, as the season unfolds, maybe there are games that get more interesting. You know, if, if Ole Miss is better than they are thought to be going into the year, maybe you look at that game on November 11th a little bit different, differently. If Devin Leary is a Heisman candidate going into the October 7th game, maybe you look at that Kentucky game with a slightly different lens. Georgia-South Carolina has been weird at times through the years. It has. Week three, I mean, maybe. I mean, is that a game that looks a lot like their game against Missouri did last year? Possibly. I I don't know. But no, I mean, on, on paper, you are inclined to take Georgia over 12. Over 11 and a half. Sorry, not over 12. It'd be hard to go over 12 when you play a 12-game regular season. All right, so those are your uh, your win totals for all 14 teams in the SEC. Sports Talk Mississippi, we've got more with you coming up after the break right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on supertalk.fm the supertalk mississippi app and always live on your local supertalk mississippi radio station make your plans for next saturday may the 20th in Oxford, it's the ninth annual Destination Oxford Car Show, and it's presented by Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. They will have cars of all makes and models, and they'll be all around downtown Oxford and uh, kind of on the perimeter of the square. A lot of really cool stuff to see if you are a car guy or a car girl. It is worth the trip to Oxford. This is the ninth annual uh, Destination Oxford Car Show. It has grown. It's gotten bigger. They got a cash giveaway for uh, some of their entrance and some other prizes that they're giving away. Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, hometown dealership for nearly 100 years, a Ford dealership since uh, the what late 1950s, and uh, of course Oxford Toyota as well. Presenting sponsors of the Destination Oxford Car Show. It's coming up on May 20th. That is a week from this Saturday. Have students out of town. Graduation happening this weekend. We might even get like a Scary Gary appearance here. He loves a car show. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Off uh, off plan because this is fascinating to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But a college football story, if you guys don't mind. Uh, Brett McMurphy was on a podcast called 365 Sports. Brett okay. McMurphy's uh, one of the premier newsbreakers in, in college football media. He said that uh, the Pac-12 is facing a bunch of issues. These are interesting. Oregon and Washington, according to him, have already been vetted and preliminarily approved for Big Ten membership. Oregon and Washington. Oregon and Washington. Okay. But that has been delayed because they want to avoid the bad optics and also possible legal ramifications. He used the phrase, blood on their hands, for destroying the Pac-12. And also possibly getting them at a lower payout. There's more. 
The Big Ten and Fox are hoping that Pac-12 schools, the other ones, some of them bolt to the Big 12, allowing them, giving them cover to add Oregon and Washington, thus blowing up the conference. They, I guess there might be some legal ramifications or whatever preventing them from making the move now, so they're hoping that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah jump to the Big 12 so they can, boom, add Oregon and Washington and it not be their fault that the Pac-12 cease to exist as a conference. Oregon and Washington are desperate to get into the Big Ten, apparently, before any ACC instability, because if the ACC starts being unstable, the Big Ten might look at North Carolina and say, you know what, we'd rather we'd rather have you instead of Washington. So they're they're trying to get into this um, quickly, and ESPN and Fox are are allegedly not out on the media rights for the Pac-12, but they are looking to get it for pennies on the dollar. Hmm. They're playing chess, aren't they? Big Ten's trying to play some chess. The Pac-12 is done. It's done. It's it's not if it's when they are done as a conference. They won't exist much longer. And, and look, this this news getting out there, and not that it's necessarily breaking news to the people who are involved in the negotiations, but this news being out there can't exactly help the television negotiations, whatever shape or form they are taking for the Pac-12. We're now months removed from the Big 12 announcing its new TV deal. Brett Yormark got out in front of that. He got that job, and he got going on the TV deal, and it was preemptive. The Big 12 has handled, and they had a little bit of a head start, a little bit, but they have handled the departure of Texas and Oklahoma far more nimbly than the Pac-12 has handled the announced departure of Southern Cal and UCLA. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's the same. I mean, your your two biggest brands leaving the conference, whether you're talking about OU in Texas or UCLA and USC. But I would, I think, I would argue that the Pac-12 had more remaining big brands than the Big Twelve had. Right, I mean, when you talk about Oregon, Washington still being part of the Pac-12, plus Arizona and Arizona State and Utah and Colorado, and I mean, those are those are bigger brands than than Baylor and TCU and Kansas State and Iowa State. And I'm not like trying to denigrate the Big Twelve, but the Big Twelve lost its two inarguable biggest brands. And was left with, what do we do? And they decided to be proactive. And they went and they got Houston and UCF and BYU and who's the other? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Now, did those four collectively replace Texas and OU? Of course not. No, they don't. They're good brands. Good programs. They're going to be fine. They're stable. They're not going to command the kind of money that the SEC and the Big Ten are in a TV rights deal. They settled on what, like a $30 million a year per school deal? Something you like you can operate on that. You, you can function in that world. 
And now we're, what, six months or so later, and the Pac-12 still hasn't figured it out. They're still trying to fight off suitors for its their remaining teams. They can't decide who to actually invite to join the conference. They got a mess. Huge mess. And I again, I would say that this news getting out there, not that it was like a complete surprise, but it being as public it is as it is makes their TV negotiations even more difficult. And if the SEC wanted to, they could be in the same position as the Big Ten. And maybe they are, and, and just Brett McMurphy's not talking about it, but Greg Sankey could also keep a couple teams in limbo just in case two other teams want to get involved. They could. But what a position that that is. What what man, I this stuff fascinates me. Because the power five is gonna be gone soon. It's gonna be gone. It already is gone, but it's gonna really be gone. And what happens to the rest of them? Do they join the Mountain West? It's probably most likely for Cal and Stanford. Or Cal else? and Stanford in the Mountain West. Where else are they gonna go? Stanford has like 150 national championships. That would be great for the Mountain West. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Um, but hey, here's another story for you. This one's not college football related. This is college basketball related. You remember when Mike Anderson was fired from St. John's to clear the way for Rick Patino? Yeah. And they fired him with cause? And Mike Anderson was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. And we talked about it at the time. He's going to sue them, just like Kevin Ollie sued UConn. Kevin Ollie sued UConn, and he won, like $11 million. Mike Anderson is asking for far more than the remainder of his contract. He's seeking $45.6 million from St. John's University. The $11.4 million that was left on his contract and an additional $34.2 million for punitive damages according to the Notice of Intention to Arbitrate filed by his lawyer. The termination letter that ESPN got as it pertained to Mike Anderson's firing was for, quote, failure to create and support an environment that strongly encourages student-athletes who are in the men's basketball program to meet all university academic requirements, failure to perform your duties and responsibilities in a manner that reflected positively on St. John's, in actions that brought serious discredit to the school, and failure to appropriately supervise and communicate with your assistant coaches. I remember saying on the day that this happened, there is simply nothing in Mike Anderson's career that points to any of those things being true. There were Arkansas people that were incredibly frustrated that Mike Anderson was so by the book. They wanted him to color outside the lines a little bit. Because it was it, it, it takes coloring outside, outside the lines a little bit in college basketball to get the players that you need. And Mike Anderson wouldn't do it. He's been successful everywhere he's been. St. John's decided they wanted Rick Pitino to be their coach. He's a much better fit for St. John's than Mike Anderson is but you just got to pay the guy's money. And by the way, if you pay him, if you pay his buyout, he's not suing you for forty-five million dollars 
where an arbitrator is going to decide whether or not you have to pay that or not. So you've gone from whatever his buyout was, if, if we're just assuming that it was the remainder of his contract, they could have done that originally. Per documents obtained by ESPN, Anderson claims that St. John's officials had tried to offer him a buyout for less than the $11.4 million that they owed him before accusing him of fictitious problems within his program and fired him for cause. St. John said that it disputed the wildly inaccurate claims and that it would vigorously defend those claims in arbitration. I'm sure you will when he's asking for $45 million. Hmm. Hope Rick Pitino delivers the results that St. John's is hoping for. Because not only are you paying him a lot of money, this is an expensive issue. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, there shan't be baseball tonight at Swayze. Tonight's game has been postponed. Ole Miss and Auburn will play a doubleheader, pair of nine-inning games tomorrow afternoon starting at 2 p.m. So we will have baseball on the radio while we are on the radio tomorrow afternoon. Doubleheader, 2 o'clock. Tonight's game has been postponed because of rain. Lots and lots of rain. Thought they had a chance to get it in at like nine o'clock tonight, but there was like ten thirty or something like that a chance of some more rain. So I guess they just decided to err on the side of caution. I was kind of looking forward to like late night at the ballpark. Not going to happen. Two p.m. first pitch doubleheader tomorrow. Well, now you can lock in on schedule release day. Yeah, yeah. You won't have to. Well, you don't uh, have to worry about it now. Uh, yeah, because I. Can we just be honest? Can we just be honest? Borky wasn't going to watch a pitch of that baseball game. Not one pitch. Mm. You are the only person still locked into college baseball because you are a masochist. Me? No, it's because I like college baseball. There is no, there's no enjoyment. There's no enjoyment to be had at this point. We, we have bled the enjoyment dry. You can't get blood from a turnip. Well, except for Southern is, Miss, there's still joy in uh, Southern Miss baseball this year. Well, I'm talking they, about between are, me and Richard. They are holding you know? the fort in this state. Luke, Luke Johnson's enjoying college baseball this season. Plus, I've got to do television for a regional in three weeks, so I kind of need to not check out on the entire season. Well, I mean, I get that. Then Ole Miss ain't going to be in the regional. I promise. Hey, that, no, did, you, did you hear that? I, I am aware. What? The flex. What? Oh, I mean, yeah. did you hear him flex? Well, we I already wasn't knew. flexing. I'm <laughs> just like one. I love college baseball, like writ Ooh, large. I'm doing a regional, <laughs> and two, I kind of need to not just bail on the last two weeks of the sport. Feels Richard's like that. Would... He's, he's, Richard's got that going, and then like some some Johnny Cash on the other side. I hurt myself today. He's just, he's just that's what Richard's doing on a, on a Friday night watching college baseball. See if I still feel 
You want to just keep on singing? No, nope. actually, yeah, bring I it. Sang, I, I sang, I sang, I sang a lot. Seconds. of I sang, I sang some Beatles on tomorrow's uh, uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast. If you want to check in for that? Energy Star. Hold on, let me quickly unsubscribe here. Hold on, just oh, oh, the disrespect! I'm gonna change my review. Energy Star. How'd you do it? A program of the United States Environmental Protection Agency and the United States Department of Energy has uh, issued a new report in which they have said that people should set their thermostat to 78 degrees when they are home and need cooling in an effort to save energy during the hotter months. And when you are sleeping or away from your hacienda, the suggested temperature goes to 82. They've been releasing this report for like the last five years. And they keep trying to make us do it. And I'll be dead before that happens. I, just, I don't care if the whole planet melts around me. I don't care. My air conditioner will never, not in this lifetime, be set at 78. Never. Never. I don't care if I look outside and the sky is red. I will never set it at 78. 10 degrees below that, sure. That's where I am. That's how that's how Brian Haydad lives. Is 68 where you set it in the summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, during the day. I, I knock it down about 65 at night. I like to sleep cold. <laughs> Whoa! 65 at night? Yeah, I sleep cold. That's crazy. Helps me sleep. I would we, shiver. If I like to hibernate home, like a bear. If, if nobody's home during the day, we'll bump it up to maybe 74, but more like 72. Sounds like torture. But at night, I mean, year-round, 70. Maybe. 74. I mean, you walk in and you're hot. Who wants that? I, I agree. No, I understand that, but, you know. And I, God Energy forbid I'm in a hotel. Gets- because if that thing will go down to 60, we're, we're, we are making That's that happen. That's where it's happen. going. That is where yeah, it's going. I'm not paying that bill. Let's go. But in the summertime, I mean, it's 68, 69 in the house at night when it's time to go to bed. You, I cannot sleep. You wake high. up at my house. You wake up at my house on a summer morning and the windows are fogged. What's causing that, hey, Dad? It's cold in the house and hot outside. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Go to their calendar of events page and see all the things that are happening. Graduation weekend is this weekend and a whole lot more on the horizon. Be sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and check out their website, visitoxfordms.com. You've got Sixers and who tonight? Celtics, game six. Sixers, Celtics, game six tonight. You got the NFL schedule release. You do not have college baseball. Thanks, everybody. Good to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Oh, it's incredible! 
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.